Welcome to Perspectives, a podcast by the Public Health Review at the University of Minnesota. Today's Perspective podcast is part of our student highlight series where we elevate the voices and experiences of students from the University of Minnesota's Master's in Public Health Graduate Program. Today, our guest is Eric Clemenson, a second year student in the Executive Public Health Policy and Administration MPH program. Eric Clemenson is also a licensed alcohol and drug counselor who currently works for the Department of Corrections in Minnesota in an early release program, helping those who are incarcerated leave prison up to four years early. He has worked at HCMC Hennepin County Medical Center in the Positive Health Clinic, helping those with HIV navigate recovery. Other programs he has worked in include residential outpatient methadone and LGBTQI-specific programs. Some of his interests include true crime podcasts and new metal rock concerts. Let's give it up for Eric Clemenson, who will be diving into substance use disorders, or SUD, today. What do I believe in most strongly? This is a hard question. However, when it comes to public health, one thing stands out. That is, stigma is the driving force behind many of our public health crises. Whether that be food or housing insecurity, STIs, obesity, intimate partner violence, among many others. The area that I will be speaking to is how stigma has propelled substance use disorder, or SUD, into the public health crisis that it is today. There are many factors into why there is a stigma associated with SUD, going back to when people thought alcoholics were possessed or had a moral failing. The idea that SUD was a moral failing was a leading ideology until later in the 20th century, when the shift to SUD being a disease became the understanding. Even with this understanding, however, the stigma has remained. This stigma has manifested in our criminalization of the disease of addiction, which has been a total failure on all fronts. There are examples of better ways to manage SUD, such as in Portugal. In 2001, around 1% of their population were dependent on heroin, the highest in Europe. They had tried the American way, a war on drugs, however, it was not helping. They decided to take a new approach and decriminalize all personal amounts of drugs. Instead of arresting those who were caught with drugs, they offered treatment. They put much of the money that they had been spending on incarceration and policing of drug users into helping them instead. They greatly increased their methadone and other treatment programs. If a business hired an addict, the government would pay for half of their salary for a year. Understanding that connection is vital in recovery. Further stigmatization and removing addicts from society only increases the issue. What they saw was that 15 years later, 0.4% of the population was dependent on heroin, which is among the lowest in Europe. This is an example of how removing the stigmatization of addiction can decrease use. Instead, in much of America, if you are caught with drugs, you become a felon and are further stigmatized. There is some hope and that is the increase of drug courts and other diversion programs 
which are designed to help drug users get sober versus go to jail. Also, Oregon is currently attempting more of the Portugal model and decriminalize drugs. There are some other glimmers of hope, and that is the conversation regarding SUD. Since the opioid crisis, much of the media has shifted their terminology and appears to be understanding that SUD is a disease and are trying to reduce stigma. There is a stark difference with how America is managing the opioid crisis in general versus the crack epidemic of the 1980s. Sadly, I do believe that much of the shift is based on racism. One of the largest differences between the opioid crisis and the crack crisis is that the populations that are viewed as most affected are different. Crack was seen as a black person issue versus the opioid crisis is seen as a white person issue. Whatever the cause of the shift, much of what the media is saying now is that we must help addicts, which is helping to stem some of the stigma. There are so many ways that stigma drives addiction, but one of the largest factors is that it delays one's asking for help. When someone becomes dependent on drugs or alcohol, seeking help earlier is key. The earlier someone gets help, the easier it is for them to remain sober. However, due to the connotation of addiction in our society, few people want to have that label. This leads to many delaying help until they are in crisis. As addiction is a progressive disease, the further one is in their addiction, the harder it is to change. Many people don't want to be seen as an addict and refuse to go to treatment or sober support meetings, as they do not want others to know. This is a recipe for disaster, as most addicts cannot remain sober on their own. They need a community of support around them. I do believe that stigma has been decreasing, with how many famous people have gone public with their struggles and documentaries such as The Anonymous People, more and more people are realizing that they likely know someone who has substance use disorder and that the image many have in the minds of who is an addict is very wrong. Let's talk about that for a minute. Picture in your mind who an addict is. Many of us picture someone who is dirty, likely housing insecure, and may be engaged in other illegal activities. First of all, most people with substance use disorder are functioning members of society with jobs and are involved with their families. Second, why don't we picture someone who is in recovery and has gotten their lives back fully? We all hold some of the stigma still. Let's look at the image you may have in your mind of myself. I'm a licensed alcohol and drug counselor. I have a bachelor's degree and I'm working on a master's degree in public health. I work for the state, helping those who are incarcerated leave prison up to four years earlier. I've worked for HCMC in the Positive Care Clinic, helping those with HIV navigate recovery and many other treatment centers. How does your image shift when I tell you that I'm a heroin addict, a junkie? Yes, I'm in recovery and have managed to obtain an education and career. However, for many of us, once we find out that someone is an addict, our image of them shifts. 
What if you didn't know the positive things about me and only the negative? Or if you had met me when I was in my addiction? The stigma runs deep and still affects me to this day. I still feel the stigma every time I tell someone of my past. I still have the fear that someone who now knows will not trust me and may turn their back on me when they find out. This stigma is what took me so long to record this recording. I spent the past two weeks debating if I wanted to say this publicly. Did I want to out myself? That is stigma. That is the stigma that keeps our loved ones in their addiction. That is the stigma that killed 93,000 Americans last year. That is the stigma that is a true public health emergency. We would like to extend our thanks to Eric Clemenson. Thank you for being our guest today on today's Perspective PHR podcast and elevating the importance of breaking through stigmas with substance use disorders. Hey listeners, do you have work you want to publish? The Public Health Review accepts research articles, op-eds, issue briefs, and more. Submissions are accepted on a rolling basis. Check out our website for more information. Thank you for listening to Perspectives. Let us know what you thought on Twitter at Pub Health Review. Stay tuned for more episodes coming soon. Thank you.